Uh, we, we cover a, quite a variety of topics at um, men's breakfast. We got on the topic of chickens. And uh, I had to chuckle because Chet came up with chicken nuggets. He said, uh, if you leave the lamp too high on your little chickens, you get chicken nuggets. Boo. Who said that? <laughs> ah. Hey, we got to have fun. Loosen up. Loosen up. Life's way too short, right? To be so serious all the time. So we have a lot of laughs. We enjoy you know, 9 o'clock, Pine Peaks. I change it up once in a while. I usually get pancakes, sausage, eggs. But then I get a waffle sometimes with strawberries. But always two eggs, patty sausage. Horton, may I say, biscuits and gravy, biscuits and gravy. It's like the waitresses are getting to know us now. So we harass them because we want the buffet. That won't start until this summer. So we tease them, and you know, now they're catching on and say, there's no buffet today. They already, you know, they're going on offense. How are we doing? How have we had a good week? Pretty good week? Pretty good week? How have we had a rough week? Both hands are up. Is that true? You're not sure what you're raising your hand about anyway. Maybe we're just stretching Orion. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> weeks go by like days, and days go by like minutes. It's just, life happens. And when you get caught up with the fast lane, the fast lane. And, and we can get discouraged over many things. But Jesus was human when he was on the earth. At the same time, he was God. And in the chapter of Chosen today is in Matthew 14, the setting is this. Here's the setting. John the Baptist I'm not going to read my text yet, but I'm going to, I'm going to just kind of bring us into speed here, the context. John the Baptist was a cousin to Jesus. They were fairly close. They didn't probably get a lot of time together, but they were aware. John the Baptist actually really was questioning, Jesus, are you the one? Are you the Christ? Or should we look for someone else? He was saying that while he was in prison. Only, to, only for Jesus to hear the word some days later that John the Baptist was beheaded. Basically because someone didn't like him. Now, I don't know about you, but if you know that your, your friend, your family has been destroyed, it takes the wind out of your sail. How many have had loss? You've had loss. I know you've had loss. We've all had loss. The loved ones. And Jesus withdrew. He says at verse 13, before I get to the 
text. This is prelude. This is introduction. Verse 13, he had just heard, he had just heard the news about John the Baptist. And we read this, verse 13, when Jesus heard it, he withdrew from there in a boat to a lonely place by himself. It's important that we let ourselves grieve when there's loss. It's okay. It's healthy. It's necessary. Otherwise, what happens, we stop those feelings and we kind of can get into denial, and we become unhealthy. We become weighted down so much. But Jesus was doing what he felt he needed to do, but at the same time, just as soon as he got alone by himself, the multitudes heard he was over there, and they followed him on foot. They showed up. Here they come, ready or not. And Jesus, you have something to say to us. You are constantly giving the words. You are speaking truth. You are worth listening to. And here's what Jesus, verse 14, and when he went ashore, he saw a great multitude and felt compassion. That's our Lord. When he was hurting himself inside, when he himself, the minister, needed ministering unto, laid aside himself for a while and ministered to a people. Oftentimes life is that way. You've, you, you just pick up, you just do what you got to do. You just help the situation. You just give and you give and you give some more. Well, not very long following this whole ordeal. After he said to the disciples, you guys got you you to give these guys some food. They, they, they're not going to make it home. Right? And that whole story unfolds of the feeding of the 5,000. But my text is where I want to pick it up. Here's where I want to pick it up. At verse 23. Here Jesus, after he sends the multitudes away, after he fed them, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. In other words, he knew that it was important for him to have time alone with his father to be in commune, communing with his father, being able to speak his heart, being able to pray. And it was evening, he was there alone. I mean, like sometimes just to get alone, just to get alone, be alone, and just to be quiet. Focus, to reflect, to listen, maybe to read a little bit, to talk to the Father. Jesus was all about being, being first, being who he was. Not just always doing, the doing will follow the being. 
We have to get them in order. Otherwise, we can, as I read from Oswald Chambers' book lately, he's a great writer, man of God in his time, wrote these words something like this. We can work for Jesus but not walk with Jesus. Oh, boy. We can work for Jesus but not really be walking with Jesus. And everyone will think you're okay. And even you can fool yourself to think, well, I'm doing, I'm doing this for the Lord, I'm doing that for the Lord. But, what, what, but what really what God is calling us to first is to love God with all our heart. Period. Number one, love God first. Put him, he has to be in the center of our focus. So my first point is Jesus, God alone. By the way, the, the title is Pressing In Today, Pressing In, Pressing In to the Lord, Pressing Into His Presence, Pressing, taking, taking another moment, taking a few more minutes just to, just to zero in. Wait, wait just a little bit longer. Maybe the breakthrough is just there. Just a bit more and boom, we have breakthrough. We have victory. I've told that story a hundred times here. Probably, well, maybe exaggerated. But I was, I was fro the fruit, the sewer was froze up one winter. The sewer was not working, the line was froze up, and I got, I got the, the bright idea to make my own contraption. I put a blowtorch on, I heated up the water, and I got a circulating pump, and I began to go at it. I was doing pretty good. I was making progress. I was about right there, and that line was going all the way down here, probably 40-some feet. And I got about this far, and my hose, I pulled it back on. I'm about this far, and I was ready to give up. I couldn't get any. I just gave up. And guess what? I heard trickling. I shoved it down there again, and sure enough, it's open. I'm, and it's just like the Lord said to me, that's how sometimes we, we stop just before the breakthrough. We stop praying just before the breakthrough. We stop. We lose hope. Yeah, you've been there? Keep, keep on. Keep pressing in. Keep, keep taking the next step. Keep believing God when it seems like he's not answering. When it seems like nothing's changing, keep on. Jesus got alone. Jesus knew it was important. Matthew 6, 6, Jesus said this himself, but you, when you pray, go into your inner room, and when you have shut your door, what a scene. Go into the inner room, and when you have shut the door. Now, did you and God, you can pray loud, or you can pray silently. You can pour out your emotions, you can cry, you can, you can celebrate, you can have a, a sh shouting a spell, so to speak, a time with God, because in his presence is the fullness of joy, the psalmist said. In his presence is the fullness of joy. The victory is the Lord. Prayer is not just preparing for the battle. Prayer is the battle. 
to go forward in the things of God. When the Father, when the Father who sees, isn't it good to know that God sees our heart? That's so, that's so freeing. I often, I can't get the words. I can't find the words to express my, I sometimes don't even know what I feel. Sometimes the best thing to do is just cry. And it isn't good. The Lord knows your cry. It's beyond words. Romans says that we speak words with groanings. The Spirit of the Lord intercedes through us with groanings too deep for words. Well, this is kind of heavy stuff. But let's think about it this way. Jesus knew where his source was. Jesus knew where the strength lie. Jesus knew the secret place. Jesus knew about that, that intimacy with his father that he was used to having in heaven. Yet he can maintain it on earth because there was a connection. See, the spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit led Jesus while he was on the earth. We read this in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 4. The Spirit of God led Jesus to the wilderness. Well, that's, that's it, really exciting. Okay, Lord, you're going, you're, you, Jesus, now you're, you're going to prepare for the ministry. You're going to go 40 days into the wilderness. You're not going to eat anything. Well, that's a good way to prepare for ministry, isn't it? Wow, that would separate a lot of us. Come on, I have a hard time missing breakfast. Oh, man. I had to work hard to get myself to fast. I can do it with the Lord's help. I become intentional. But some things do not happen unless we set aside some of our regular things. Fasting from food is one thing. How about fasting from other things? Now that you fill in the blanks. Because we got to fight for the time with the Lord. I never grew up with devices like we have nowadays, but still, it's, there was the TV. There was things that you could get occupied with. You could be just working and doing fun, building forts. We had all this stuff going on. But it takes a while to figure out what is really valuable. What is my calling? What is my purpose? My purpose is to belong to him. And none other but belong to him. And walk in his, his spirit. Matthew's text, she begins to open my eyes to Jesus his need to to walk in the spirit. His need, his, his, his example was to, to set aside time. He'd show his disciples how to pray. And one day the disciples says, teach us how to pray. They were watching him. Yet they were still learning. Teach us how to pray. You know, prayer is something you learn. Probably more often caught than taught. You, I've learned how to pray by listening to some of my people that I've grown up with in the, in the church or in the, 
and I, you know, I listen to their prayer, but God, the Holy Spirit, uses other people to help encourage us, and we are all to be encouraging each other on. But I tell you, when some people pray they're in tune with God, there's something happening. You can feel that they're, they're, the Holy Spirit is on them and in them, and they're directly communing with God. It's just obvious. People will know that you've been praying. People will pick up on it that you pray, and they will call you and ask you to pray for things. And we ought to be saying, yeah, absolutely. And so Jesus knew the importance of getting alone. It's okay to be You know, busy, I'm going to say this. It's okay to be busy. I wrote something down early in my study yesterday, in my notes. In fact, I was struggling with sleep. I was falling asleep in my chair, I'll be honest. We went to breakfast, I came over here. You know, I was reading, but then I got droopy. And I had to, you know, whatever, so if I go shovel snow or do something to wake up. Well, I've sat down again. And I wrote this down. If we don't get to Jesus, the world will get to us. If we don't have time with Jesus, eventually the world begins to take its toll and dragging us down and dragging us into. It's so easy to go with the crowd. Amen? It's so easy to just say, well, everybody's doing it, da-da-da-da-da. It just drift, you drift along. And Hebrews, warned, Hebrews warns about, be careful that you drift. You're talking about your faith. Our faith is to be honed and, and, and cultivated and, and brought into submission, and that's work. It's work. It's absolutely work. But with the help of the Lord, you can recognize when the devil is trying to do a, a little number here and try to lull you into something, and you say, no, no, thanks. I rebuke, I rebuke, we can do this in the name of Jesus. Rebuke the devil. He has no place in your life. You can speak this over here. You have no place in uh, uh, being involved and you turn to God. Jesus resisted the devil, didn't he, when he got to the, this temptation thing when he was in the, the, the wilderness several times with the word of God. He knew I don't know what the devil thought he was going to do. The devil's no match for Jesus. Jesus puts him in his place. And so therefore, you and I have the authority. So now, the second point is Jesus came to them. Jesus got alone, but now we see Jesus coming to them. Well, who are, who's them? Verse 25, in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them. The disciples were out on the boat in a, on the sea, and in the fourth watch, I'm not sure exactly what the time is, shall be around 3 to 6 a.m. 
that's kind of uh, where it would be, fourth watch. Burn, okay? Three to six a.m., something like that. It's a little... So what are these guys doing? Well, apparently, I don't know if they were fishing, but there was some storm that was happening. Verse 25, in the fourth watch of the night, he came and out. Here in a boat, and it's dark yet. And there's somebody walking on the water. You're going to get your attention. Oh, my goodness. What's happening here? Some of them, is that a ghost? Some kind of a spirit? And it was Jesus. was walking on the water. Now, I know all you Minnesotans have walked on water. I know the story. I know you walked on ice. I know all that stuff. This is not about, this is not Minnesota in the wintertime. This is the thing. This is, this is open water here. And Jesus is going to them. He came to them. Number one, Jesus knows where you're at. Hallelujah. Jesus has not forgotten you. He knows your loss. He knows your pain. He knows when you are struggling. He knows when you're in a storm. And the psalmist it was right on track. On the 139th Psalm, the psalmist wrote these words, O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou dost know when I sit down, when I rise up. Thou dost understand my thought from afar. can't communicate. You can't sometimes you have a hard time expressing your feelings. God knows your heart. God understands everything that you're going through. He knows when I'm up. He knows when I'm down. He knows what's going to happen before it happens. It's not taken by surprise. Is intimately acquainted with all my ways. He absolutely understands your personality. Yeah. Your personalities are different. They're unique. That makes who you are. God has given you a spirit. And that spirit that dwells in you, Jesus, God the Father, wants to dwell with you. Amen? That we are in Unity. Jesus prayed this prayer. Father, make them one. He was talking about his disciples. Make them one as we are. Talking about the Trinity. Triunity. Jesus comes to us. And Peter really was challenged now. He says, he had, he had to, he had to, Courage. 
And he says, verse 29, I'll actually break up the verse. Here's Peter. Here's good old Peter. I love Peter. Answer, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. Whoa. You know the story. If that's really you, then allow me to walk on the water. When do we know he actually walked on the water? But you know what happened? He got in this, he started in the spirit, but he ended in the flesh. What does that mean? He started with faith, his eyes were on Jesus, he was in the spirit, but all of a sudden, oh, can I really be doing this? Blah, blah, blah. And oh, I swim. You know how I swim? I swim like a rock. Never, never really, it won't go there. This is Peter. He was used to the water. He knew all about fishing. He was comfortable in the water so long as he was in the boat. But then he cries, Oh, Lord! This is for you and I right here. He cries out. He says, come. Well, Jesus commanded him to walk in the water. I'm getting, getting, let me get it straight here. He cried out, verse 30, Lord, save me. Jesus hears those cries. There's a whole lot of people that need to pray that prayer. Lord, save me. I, I can't save myself. I'm drowning. Life is overwhelming. I surely can't get to heaven on my own. I can't make it in. Jesus save me. And that's what Jesus does. Gary didn't tell you this morning, but Emily had a, and her friend in California witness to something. Now, this had to be several weeks ago. But anyway, that friend they witnessed to called them and said, I, I, I accepted the Lord. I wanted you to know that. Victory. Amen. People are unsure about the Lord. People are all over are uncertain. Well, there's a God, but yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure all about this stuff. And what they need is to see Jesus in you and I. And to see that God is more than someone up in the sky that is ready to beat us over the head if we mess up. That's not our God. That's not the Father. He wants to save us. To save us from our sins. So he comes to us. He came to the earth. He came and gave his life. He came. Jesus is going to come back again for his church. Jesus will come again. He's already been here. And so we call it the second coming. The Bible also talks about a rapturing. You won't find that word in the Bible, but you find the, the implication that there is a catching away of the church. He takes the church to be with him. Isn't that 
good news. That's hope. Well, I'll tell you what. The older I get, the better it sounds. I was always a little scared growing up, though. Oh, what if I'm not ready? My parents were gone. Oh, I wonder if I... I'm, I watched the movie. I watched the Left Behind movie then. And you, oh, you live with that fear. Message, message, message. Jesus wants you to be ready. How do we be ready? We come to him. Here I am. We cry out like Peter, save me. Save me. You know what? You pray your family will be saved. In the book of Acts, it's a great story, a wonderful story. I believe it was a jailer. He was watching over Paul. I think it was Paul and Silas. And they were imprisoned. And after the earthquake happened and they, they were set free, the jailer woke up. He was sleeping. And now he sees them walking out on their own. And he goes, what must I do to be saved? He saw God. He experienced supernatural. And they said to him, believe on the Lord and you will be saved and your house. So pray, friends, for your house, your household, your extended family. God is saving entire families together. Man, whole families coming to Jesus. Third point, Peter came to him. I already talked about that. Peter came to him. Peter sank as he looked begin to doubt. Peter was often the one, he's the guy who swiped, was aiming for Malchus's head, I'm sure, in the garden, remember, when Jesus was arrested. And Peter, one of the disciples, says, one of the disciples took off the ear. Well, you know good and well. That, that, that guy ducked. That guy ducked and he slides his ear off. Peter was aiming for his neck. Peter was trying to, he got in the flesh. He got in the flesh. He, he was trying to stick up for Jesus. He was doing that which was natural. Jesus said, settle down, Peter. Peter said, settle down. And he heals Malchus' ear. Jesus knew what was going to happen before he came to the earth. In fact, you can go back further. It says in the book of Ephesians that he predestined us to be sons, right? Before he created the earth. Unbelievable. God is so far beyond this world. We have so much yet to see. We have so much yet to live for. You're just starting out, you guys. Well, some of you are. 
I get to pick on you guys. But some of us are way over here, a little bit over here now. I mean, we're, we're, I'm not pointing anymore. I, I'm probably three quarters in. Jesus keeps getting better. What, is it, what do you think? It, it, it's about more of him and less of me. It's about letting go. It's about healing. Harry, you talked about it. It's the healing. Jesus got alone because his, his friend, his cousin, John the Baptist, was destroyed for his, basically, his faith. And he wanted to be alone for a while. But then the crowds pressed him. But Jesus made it a point to go back again when he had the chance. And so Jesus, Jesus knew how to press in. But there's another story. Can I tell one more story from the Bible? You've heard this story, I'm sure. It's a little earlier in, this, in the text of Matthew. It's actually about a lady that had a had a hemorrhage. She had, she just she she was hurting. She'd been suffering a long time for twelve years. Jesus was on the way to minister to someone else's home. There was a death in that home. And verse 20, while he was going to that home, a woman passes through the crowd and something happens. Jesus recognizes something went out from him. The woman must have understood that Jesus has some power to heal and something happened in her heart that she said, I have to get to Jesus. I have to press in. I am desperate. You're my only hope. And so she presses through the crowd and she is rewarded with healing. Because of verse 21 of ninth, ninth chapter of Matthew, he says, if I only touch his garment, I shall... She, she is saying, if I only touch his garment. You know that in the book of Acts, the disciples would be able... Some of them were being healed by the handkerchiefs. God can do extraordinary things, and I'm not into show. I'm not into show. But God is the one who can do absolutely anything. And if it's real, and if it's from God, I'm all for it. The God heals various ways. He's still our healer today. And so I'm trying to get a point across. The point is this. We've got to press in. Now is the time to press in. Don't wait. Just press in. Keep believing. Keep on putting one foot in front of the other. Things may have changed for you lately in life. Things may have, you may have had setbacks. You may have had losses. But now is the time to press in. 
you may think, well, how much longer can I, how much more can I take? But still, it's there, press in. Because Satan knows if he can keep you from pressing in, he knows he has his thumb on you. He can keep you busy away from God, then he knows you're, you're not going to do too much kingdom kingdom work, so to speak. But we know that where our strength is, is in the power and in the name of Jesus. Will you, will you open your heart today? I, I know there's some needs here. I know that people need sometimes just a boost in their life, just some encouragement. Guys, come and play something. But I want to open up for prayer. I want, I want people to feel like you can come. I want to stand with people today and believe God. I think there are people here who would love to pray and have, have them, their own needs be prayed for. We believe, believe that God still heals today. We believe that in the book of James, it talked about that we are to call for people that know how to pray, referring to the elders of the church. And if anyone's sick, let, them, let him pray, but then also call for the elders. There's nothing to be scared of. It's just coming to God. It's not, it's not how loud I pray. It's not how... It's just simple faith. 